You're now listening to Pastor Adriel Cruz with World Renegade Church. Disciples make after their own kind. Disciples make after their own kind. So in other words, if you're not a disciple, you cannot make disciples. For more than six weeks, we've been going through what a disciple is and what disciples did. They left everything behind, loved everyone less, and that was the only way that they could truly follow Jesus, right? Yes, we have that, right? That should be like, man, I know, yeah, I got that, right? Frankie is like, no, okay, I, I get that. I see that. I see it's hard. I see I got to count the cost, right, Stephen? I got to count the cost on what it is to, to follow him, right? So disciples make after their own kind. So if you're a disciple, you've counted the cost, now you're there, you're saying, here I am, Lord, like Isaiah, send me. Now, God has called you to go and tell. So how does that translate? Because y'all had 31 questions. How do I reach my friend who, who is homosexual, who says God made me gay? Or how do I reach uh, my parents who don't have a real relationship with Christ? And I want to help them, but they don't even have private time with the Lord. How do I help them out? And all these other questions that you had that were very valid. How do I deal with young people who, who sometimes are stuck in their ways and it's irritating to me? How do, I, how do I help them? How do I speak to them? These are your questions, church. We're going to be going through these. But I want to start with discipleship is building relationships with purpose. Discipleship is building relationships with purpose. Like our society sees friends as someone who adds you on a website. Right? You don't really know them. They've seen you. You've maybe seen them once. And now, according to Facebook, they're your friend. But, but it goes much deeper than that and it has to if you actually want to be used by God in a person's life in being a faithful disciple so what you want to do is pray that God would open the hearts of those relationships that you're building with purpose and that they would receive the sin breaking gospel of Jesus Christ You want to make your time intentional with everyone you come in contact with. Being mindful of the Great Commission every single time. And using that time very wisely. Can I give you examples? Yeah? Well, when I meet somebody for the first time, and I know they're not churched, they're not a Christian, right? Mm -hmm. When I meet them, right off the bat, I need to somehow get the gospel to this person. Why? Because we have to understand that God, if he's sovereign, meaning if he's in control of all, and especially you, if you're his kid, then everything that happens in your life is for a purpose. Someone out of Christ could say, man, everything happens for a reason. But if you're in Christ, and you're acknowledging Him in all your ways, what does the Bible say? He will direct your path. He will make your path straight. Amen? Amen. 
So God is intrinsically involved in everything that you do. So why wouldn't God bring people to you for you to reach? Remember, we're just the life savers. He's the lifeguard throwing us out. So he'll bring people to us that are drowning. Are y'all getting that? Yes. So if you're really authentically Christian, he's going to say, man, I want to use my son, my daughter to reach this person. And I'm going to give strength to my son or daughter to do that. But if we're blind to the fact that every relationship that we come in contact with is just whatever, is just normal, then we are not keeping the Great Commission in mind. We're being careless about someone's eternal destination. It's more than just a wound we want to help. So you see, we could help somebody get better from a breakup with a relationship or a bad time with their mom or dad. Man, I'm having a bad time at home. And we, can, we can give them a bandage, amen? We can do that. But what far exceeds that is being concerned with the destination of their soul. So when you meet somebody for the first time, church, you're not just meeting them by mere happenstance. You're not just meeting them by coincidence or because they're just there in the same seat. If you are a child of God, and let me go further, if you're a disciple, then that person is across from you actually talking in conversation with you because God wants to use you to affect that person in a way that only He can equip you to do. Whether it be employees at work, co-workers. Whether it be once a year, twice a year, summertime family gatherings. In your family, you know that they're not under God's grace whatsoever. Other than the common grace that men would receive by being able to live. So I want you church to, as we endeavor to make disciples, we start by caring about everybody who comes in contact with us. Everyone. Because guess what? If you know you're going to heaven, like you really know that, and you already have heaven in your home, like if you're still here and you don't know if you're going to heaven or not, well, you're not, you're not yet a disciple. Well, talk to me about that. Please tell me, hey, I think I'm going to hell. I want to talk to you about that. But if you're here and you say you're a disciple, you want to bring everybody you can with you. Why? Because that's the only reason you're still here. You think you're just living on earth just to have a good life and feel good? No, 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 no. If you are a disciple and your life has been rocked and transformed and changed, now there's a mission for you that God has particularly just for you to reach certain people that another will not reach, could not reach, and maybe were not meant to reach. But God has chosen you to do that. So when we meet people, when we come in contact with anyone who is unchurched, and they say we're, especially when they already call you friend, my God, you make use of that time wisely. You make use of that time. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Yes. It's what I do when I meet people. I say, man, I got to find a way. When I met Sway, when I met Peter, man, I got to find a way. 
I gotta find a way to, that, that, that they're gonna be hit with the gospel. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna pray that God would open their heart and make the right opportunity. But guess what? Don't let that be your fallback prayer. Because they could die before that prayer is answered. Are y'all hearing me? Yes. Oh, oh, well, I'm just praying for the right time. If you're, if, if you're a disciple and they are on their way to hell, it's the right time. It's the right time. We're going to go in depth with questions like that in the not-so-distant future. But let's continue. Discipleship is genuinely exclusive. Discipleship is genuinely exclusive. What does that mean? Right now as a church, you're being discipled. I'm teaching you the Word. I'm teaching you Christ. I'm, I'm teaching you holy living every Saturday. But there's closer, exclusive discipleship that is necessary in really nurturing you to become a mature Christian. Meaning it's more than just a message. Yes, I'm teaching you. Yes, you can grow from it. Yes, you can take it. Amen? But, but, but there's something else that needs to happen in your life. Something more frequent. Something more close and exclusive. That would have it be an effective discipleship relationship. So your time, your resources, your money, your energy, give of yourself to that person you're discipling. Give it. Show them you're ready to lay your life down for them. That could be by money, again. It could be a friend who's in a bind. And you say, wait a minute. He's on his way to hell. I'm not. I got more money than him right now. He's hurting. He doesn't deserve my money. Quotes, hand up. He doesn't deserve my money, man. You know, he's, he's going to use it on drugs, maybe. He's going to do this. But even Jesus, when he says, if someone steals your your, your cloak. What does Jesus say? Give him, give him everything else. So, how we see people in general has to be shifted. If we're disciples, our mindset toward people have to be shifted. You can see an otherwise strange situation as one that would prove your generosity through Christ. Because of what he's done. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Yeah. Or is a distraction going on? We can help that person that's in a bind and show them, man, wow, this guy actually cares about me. Because your friends or your acquaintances may know you're Christian. But do you look for opportunities to show them you're Christian? Right? Because they can know it, but have they seen it? Have they seen your life being different from someone else? We want to give of our personal time. Discipleship is hard. It is hard. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's an easy thing. 
not. Because it changes everything. Everything. My wife and I have felt more change in the past three weeks than for the longest time that we felt. It changes a lot of things. And you start more and more, you start dying to yourself. Like what's supposed to happen is more and more you're supposed to, you're, you're dying more and more. What you don't want to do, you do because you're called to do it. So you break through that carnality, the laziness or the stubbornness or the meanness or whatever it is, the issue that you have, you have to tear that out of your life if you're going to effectively disciple someone. You don't wait till it happens. You walk with that person while tearing it off. We can say, I'm not ready to disciple someone. No, yes you are. Are you going to heaven? Yes, I know I'm going to heaven. Start discipling someone. But guess what? You're not going to be the epitome of holiness to them. Unless you're walking and ripping. Walking and dying while you're with that person that you're discipling. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Yes. So discipleship is genuinely exclusive. Can y'all say that? Discipleship is genuinely exclusive. It's exclusive. It's one-on-one. It's one-on-one, you're with somebody, you're spending time with them. Just you and them, they can ask you questions, you can give them answers, amen? Amen. So, when someone new comes into your life, brand new, and let's say you're discipling them, right? You you said, man, you know what, I want to show you Christ. Like like they've trusted Jesus because God's used you, or or used the church, or used a sermon to touch them, and now you're walking along side them you're going to find those areas in their life and pull the good things out you're going to pull the good things out and you're going to push them to learn the word and pray in a loving real way I always think in my, in my mind is it bad when you want to disciple someone you're like man when I'm discipling someone, I feel like I could be more holy at that time. Like, like I feel there's, there's more of a pressure for me to be holy. And whether that is a good outlook or not, I can't give you an answer. But what I can say is if you're faithful with that person, God will handle the rest. God will handle the rest. You could say, man, well, I feel like I'm more holy because I know I got to be on my game if I want to get somebody else on their game. Right? But what if God uses that to help you out? Like, okay, I I want him to disciple that person, but I'm also going to use that to make him better. Like, only a master master would think like that. Like, it's like killing two birds with one stone, literally. Right? You're discipling someone, they're dying to themselves, And as they are, you feel inclined now to continue to die to yourself because that person's in your life and you're pushing them to die to themselves. Because you know, man, I got to show forth what God's doing in my life to that person. Because you would never, none of you would say, all right, 
Stephen, I'm discipling you. Time to pray. It's 4 a.m. And the night before, you're just pushing Stephen, pushing Stephen. You give him that call. You knock out. You just go to sleep. Stephen, it's 4 a.m. Time to pray. Amen. Let's pray. Bam. You're praying, Stephen. The other person's going to sleep. So we're not going to do that. Amen. We're going to want to pray with them. We're going to want to pray the same time they are. We want to do that. We want to show forth what God's doing in our lives. How many are hearing that? Amen. Amen. So what was the first one? Discipleship is what? That's the first point. The first point is discipleship is building relationships with purpose. What was the next one? Genuinely exclusive. Discipleship is genuinely exclusive. Time, resources, money, energy. Give of yourself to that person. Even if that means your personal time is yanked from you. We love our personal time. But we need to love and value what God loves. And, and God doesn't want anyone to perish. So if our God doesn't want anyone to perish, whose heart do we have? Whose heart do we need to have if we say we're His? Jesus. His heart, right? If we say we're His, we got to have His heart. So free time, relaxed time, is that going to affect your life now affecting another's? Again, guess what? Disciples are dead men and dead women. They're dead. This is counting the cost, y'all. Again, we want our free time. We want, we want to have, I want to just relax. And okay, it's good to do that, amen. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that nowhere in your life could you take a little break because Jesus himself, he went out by himself to pray. So if you're going to take a break, it ain't to lift your legs up and watch TV. It's to pray, get refilled again. That, that's the biggest, that's the best refuel you can get. You're going to go out, you're going to be alone, you're going to pray, and guess what? Your spiritual gauge is going to go tick, 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 full again. And when you're full, you're going to have to what? To someone else. Pour into Pour into them. them. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Come on, can someone say, I got to pour into someone else? I got to pour into someone else. It's so true. Wow. Think of a big bucket of milk. <laughs> right? A gallon of milk and a small cereal bowl. Okay, I wish I had the illustrations. We got to get this. We're going to get these illustrations soon when we start getting a budget more in the church. We're going we're gonna to afford a bowl one day. <laughs> we're going to grab that gallon of milk and say, this is you, Frankie. It's two gallons of big milk. It's got a lot in it. It knows a lot. It feels a lot. It's heard a lot. It's received a lot. It's pretty full. Guess what? Time to pour it into the bowl. And the bowl's real small. So guess what? You can fill it real fast. And as that person is growing, that bowl's getting bigger. The bowl's getting bigger. Amen? Amen. And what you want to do is this. Somewhere down the line, I'm about to get that in a minute. Somewhere down the line, you want to you wanna stop being that gallon of milk. You want to move to the side because there's a bigger gallon of milk who is God. And He's the one that now can pour into that person because guess what then when God does it that little bowl start doing someone else so we're bringing people into relationship with Christ 
not causing them to, to depend on us. A baby needs to depend on the milk of the mother for a little while, unless the baby's retarded at seven years old. When do they get off milk from the mother? Any, any uh, mothers in here? Like nine, nine, months ten, nine ten months. Nine, ten months to a year, someone said, right? That's a good time for someone to learn a lot in a year from you. But during that year, if you're not slowly weaning them off, then they're going to depend on you. So when they got an issue, guess who they're going to go to? They're not going to go to God first. They're going to go to you, Peter. Peter, can you help me with this? And you're going to be at a point where you're like, dog, go to God first. <laughs> Like you call me every night at midnight after you sin and you call it me. And you want them to be able to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with Christ. So a discipler, someone who's discipling someone, is bringing them in to relationship with Christ. But first you got to walk side by side and slowly then say, Jesus, you take the rest. And you're still going to be there, amen. If you want to be there, be there, amen. But you got another assignment. Someone else is going to come. You got to disciple them. Amen? Maybe two at a time next time. And you feel, okay, these two can be in the same. I could, I could connect with both of them. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to show them how to pray. I'm going to show them how to read the word. I'm going to show them how to, how to be faithful to the church. I'm going to show them how to be faithful in their jobs. I'm going to show them how to be men, how to be women of God. Amen? How many believe that? There's no way we can do it in our own strength. There's no possible way. When we do, we're going to mess it all up. We're going to mess it all up. And I believe that you all here, man, you all here right now, especially those that have, man, you said, man, I'm a member, this is my church, that you are called to make disciples. That you are called to go out, reach, and make disciples. Bring them into the fellowship of believers. Bring them into the family of God. That, that's your call. That, that's what you're called to do. I believe that I'm talking to the next generation of leaders of this church. Like when we grow and you're discipling people, those people you're discipling are going to be where you're at. You're going to be, you're going to be praying for them. You're going, to be, you're going to be somewhere in a facility we're at dealing with someone, even someone outside that, that they, they were walking out or something. You're out there. You're connected with them. You're missing the sermon. You're going to have to download it on iTunes, but you're, you're fulfilling the Great Commission. Amen? Because as we're doing that, there's no way we could do it while still in sin. Like, like loving sin. Like, like willfully sinning. Yes, we fall short, amen. That's no excuse. Still no excuse. But we, 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 we're throwing sin off, man. When we see it, when we see that sin, when we, when we know we're in a realm of like, man, I'm going to mess up right now, man, you, you're fleeing, just like Joseph did. So let's pray. Let's get into a time of prayer. And those of you who receive the message tonight, receive it with joy, and I pray that you bear fruit from it. I believe in Jesus' name that you will do that. But it starts with the initiative to say, I'm a dead person and I'm ready to win someone to Christ. And after that person, I'm going to go to the next. And after that other person, I'm going to go to the next. I'm going to bring him in in, in in groups of 12. Amen. We're not going to be the same size that we are now in a few Amen. weeks. In a few weeks because of you. Because of you. Amen. Don't let me bring everybody in here. Please don't. It's, it's, it's your job now. If you say you're a disciple, you, you're actually really Christian, it's your job now. 
Amen. Man, let's pray a powerful prayer, man, with passion in this room, man. Let it come from your soul and heart. If you yearn in your heart tonight to make disciples, if you yearn to say, man, I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I'm going to go take it to the next level because God's taking me to the next level. He's taking this church to the next level. I'm ready to go push myself now by the power of the Holy Spirit of God who's going to do pretty much all the pushing. We're just going to be in the back like a red wagon. He's just dragging us. So pray in this place that God would use you starting this week to live a life that you haven't lived conscious of those relationships that you're having with people. Being mindful of, wow, this person's soul is going to hell. It's time for me to spill the beans on the truth to them. If they say they're my friend. Come on, let's pray in this place. I'm going to pray out loud. You could pray with me. But then I'm going to leave it for a time with you and the Lord just praying, filling this place with music and prayer in the next few moments as we end tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, we want to be faithful, Lord. I pray that this church is faithful, God. I pray that this church would grab a hold to the life-changing, sin-shattering gospel, Lord. And that we would take the truth that we know the truth that has changed our soul and we would pass it on to the next. Being unashamed, being fully aware of the impending judgment on the world. Lord, I pray you would use Frankie, God. Rich, Lord. She would use these men, God. Stephanie, Portia, these women, Lord. These men and women to make disciples, God. Teaching them what it is to be holy. Teaching them what it is to pray. You may not know. You may not be perfect with your prayer, but you know you've prayed. And guess what? You've learned in this church what it means to pray according to 1 John. Chapter 5. If you pray according to His will. So you know that. But now it's time to do something about what you know. Where you're at right now in your seat, lift your voices and pray to the Lord. Lift your voices and pray to the Lord that the Lord will give you a boldness right now to send you out this week. To send you out to places even maybe you haven't been. Or send you out to places you've been to connect with people on a level that you've never connected with them before. Because we're going to pack this place out. Not to pack it out, but that souls will come to Jesus Christ because of you. Because God using you. Because he's great. He's graceful. He wants to use people. Open your arms to him. Lift your souls up to him. Just say, Lord, pour into me. Use me, God. That sin would fall from me. That you would use me, God. You may have messed up at work. People probably saw you curse, probably saw you do something. Man, redeem that. Don't let that hold you back. Tell your coworkers you're not perfect, but God's going to make you perfect. And he wants to take them with you. Come on, God wants to use you in a place where people don't even think that you're, 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 you're serious about, about Christ. He wants to use you in a place that you haven't thought about before. Oh, Jesus, man, the Holy Spirit is going to rock you right now. He's already doing a great work in you. Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you, God. Lord, that we will be a church of disciple makers, God. That we wouldn't just add people, God. We will multiply people. That we will multiply people in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Listen, church, if you want to kneel on your seat, if you want to kneel on the floor, if you want to stand up and lift your hands, whatever you want to do in this moment, let's give it all to the Lord tonight. Because He's going to use you to bring the lost to Him. We're going to be a church of disciple makers. So if you feel like standing up again, if you feel like kneeling down, if you feel like maybe pacing a little bit back and forth, whatever you got to do, man, let's hit the gates of heaven tonight. Man, let's give God a sweet aroma of prayer tonight. Come on, where you're at, just lift your voice and pray. Disciple makers, Lord Jesus, make us that we would make after your own times that we would be ambassadors where we're at Lord mindful that we are the representation of Christ to the world thank you for listening visit razoo.com forward slash world renegade church and help world renegade in reaching their communities the city and the world with the transformational power of the gospel